Welcome back to season two of the Stance Podcast. This episode is a bit different. It was originally recorded on February 1st, 2018, and we had flown up to San Francisco to meet up with editor-in-chief of Thrasher Magazine, Jake Phelps. And sadly, since the recording of this podcast, Jake has passed away. And we at Stance want to share our condolences with his friends and family and supporters and skateboarders all around the world, and also share with them Jake's stories as told by Jake himself. Jake talked to us about getting his first car at the age of 39 and all of the chaos surrounding that that was really funny, as well as all the details of when he was on a skate rock trip in South Africa and had the brakes go out on the van that the group had rented, which led to them almost driving off a cliff with a dramatic twist of events. We hope you enjoy listening to Jake's stories and hope they're as fun and special to you all as they are to us. So from Thrasher Magazine's headquarters in San Francisco, California, this is the craziest day of Jake Phelps' life. <clears throat> yes, yes, testes, rectum, what you got? <laughs> yeah, both, actually. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Cool. <clears throat> thank yeah. you, uh, thank you for doing this, Jake. So, Welcome. Officially welcome. to the Stance Podcast. You're more than welcome. We're uh, we're in San Francisco with Jake Phelps, the editor in chief of Thrasher Magazine. I've been working for the magazine for 35 years. You think about that when you're out there. He probably wrote that. I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a uh, the the podcast is. Uh, you know, the theme of the show is the craziest day of my life. And I have a feeling you've had a lot of crazy days because we've all seen a couple crazy days just this past year. So I'm sure you have a lot of stories. I have enough stories, but the one story that if it's a one day affair, I think I, I've, I've nailed it down to the one that would be the most. Uh, I think it's pretty funny. Okay. We can't wait to hear it. Give us a little backstory with uh, date and time. Like, where are we? Okay. What, where I am now? Or where, where are we where during this in, wild, in, funny pertaining day? Pertaining to... I didn't get my license until I was 39 years old. <laughs> a late, late bloomer in the driving well, field. I, I don't need, I didn't, I mean, I, I drive like a skate, which is... Loose I, behind the wheel. Uh, I'm not loose. I did get my license taken away, which was in September 18th, 1914. No, <laughs> 2014. But uh, that was so from uh, May 2002... To September 18th, 2014, I had a driver's license. But I didn't have a car because, you know, the city of San Francisco is pretty... You can take the bus, you can skate. The hills are everywhere, and I've been bombing hills since, what, 1979, whatever, since when we got around. I didn't get my license because I was like, why would I wait in line with a bunch of people that... Go wait over there. Go stand over there. I was just really over it. Uh, earlier that year, uh, it was about January, I was in Salt Lake City with my grandmother, of all people, and I made a flipping comment to the fact that, you know, wow, that's a cute car. I didn't think anything of it. In May, after I got my license, she called me up, and she's like, I got your car. And I was like, what? She went out and she bought me a car. 
What, what was this cute car? It was a 1973 Ford Galaxy 500 V8. Uh-oh. And what year was this that you got the car? In 2002. I got the car and the license, so I was like, I was rolling. I mean, it, it, the parks and stuff are, you know, they're fun and games, and I go to places where there are parks, and I've traveled the world searching out the most random stuff, and I've, when I got the mag... In 1991, I made it a point to go to all the places I'd seen in photography or, you know, spots that looked like they were, you know, epic spots. So I was like, whoa, you know. I mean, I wasn't taking my car down there, but I'd drive around, you know, and I'd find epic shit. That was what I was into, just the search. It wasn't about, you know, the destination. It's the mission. Missions are, you know, I'm a skate rat. I was a skate rat when I was a little kid. We'd push across town for a rusty bearing. It wasn't like, fuck, dude, you know, we, you know, skating wasn't it is popular now. And it was like a, a small, th- small, <coughs> small thing. If, you know, you skated by my house, I could tell who it was by the rattling rails that were on their board. Yeah. Skating was real small. Skateboarding was, you know, in San Francisco. I knew everybody that skated. They knew me. That was how it is. Were there any parks out here? Uh, there was a park built in 1990, Greer Park, that's down in uh, Palo Alto, which is a piece of shit. But we went <laughs> down there and uh, they tried. But there was, you know, skate parks, you know, for us back then was a PVC slider and a jump ramp. In a car, you know, yeah. that was that was a street contest to us because we destroy the car, burn it down, fuck the ramp up. You know, we were just really, just, you know, bad kids. Hooligans. We but so I got the, okay, so I'm I'm in Portland, Oregon after I'd just done a three-week trip of the Great Northwest, and we went everywhere. We went from Seattle all the way to Idaho. Indian reservation territory. We were just meeting people. You know, we that was the whole idea of skateboarding for us was meeting people that skated. And then, you know, we made skateboarding grow because when it sucked, you know, I mean, sucked as in that it wasn't lucrative. And there was like, we were doing 80 page mags, things weren't looking good. And we would just meet people, and then we'd turn them on to skating how we did it, and then they'd be our friends. I mean, it wasn't no internet thing or nothing. We were just like, you're in our town. We got a ramp. Come on over. Yeah. We'd stay at their house. We did the groundwork that makes skateboarding what it is today. Yeah. Just by the fact that we knew, you know, what skating was to us. You know, I knew all the pros, whatever, Tommy Guerrero, Mark Gonzalez. These were all people I knew when they were little kids. I met Julian when he was fucking 10 years old. Yeah. So, I mean, I was an older kid, so I was like, well, you know, you got to learn how to do this. You get outside from your mom's constraints and whatnot, and then you, you know, get on the road and find it. We had a gas card and a shitty car. <laughs> We'd go everywhere, whether it was someplace we found or we heard about a pipe or a pool that some house burned down. That was our mission every every day. We would just creep out. So, as it turns out, I was at the end of this trip, and I was in Portland. 
And then my grandmother called me up. This is before cell phones, and I called to see if she was all right. She was pushing 90 then. She was pretty antiquated. She's like, I got your car. And I was like, oh, shit. So I had to fly from Portland to Salt Lake. And then she's like, there it is, your car. And I was like, whoa, beige. The the car only had 30,000 miles in it because it sat in someone's garage for 30-some-odd years. And I was like, wow. My grandmother, as I said, she was 90 years old. She took the license plates off the car, and she's like, burn across the desert tonight. Nobody will know. So I had no license plates, and it was my first car. I'm flying across Winnemucca, Elko, all the towns on the Highway 80 to get back to San Francisco to register it. Uh, it was a long drive. I can do Salt Lake's about 10 hours. Portland's about 10 hours if you burn. So I flew across the, you know, I made Nevada, and right outside of Sacramento, I fell asleep in the wheel of my car. <laughs> no. I, I was up on the ice plant, just, oh, I did, the seatbelts weren't like they are now with the, you know, the shoulder <laughs> harness and shit. It was just one random seatbelt, yeah. and it was like, like a okay, airplane with the waist, belt. the waist Yeah, one. it was ridiculous, right? So, but I, would, I was like, whoa, I can't believe I get my first car, and I almost die that night. So I pull over behind a gas station, some met, some mobile station out there in the middle of Guerneville. And I, I jump in the back seat of the car, and I'm trying to get 30 winks. Right before I lay down, somebody's banging on the window. It's a piggy. And he's like, what's up? What's up? What is going on? Are you drunk? And I was like, no, it's my first car. And I was pretty, you know, like teenage, you know, yeah, yeah, it's great. And he's like, let me get this straight. You're 39 years old. This is your first car. You got no license plates? And I was like, yeah, my grandmother took them off the car. She said, just burn across the desert in the middle of the night, and nobody would know. <laughs> and then she's like, well, where are you going? But the, the piggy was like, where are you going? And I was like, I'm going to the Daily City DMV. I'm going to just go register it in the morning. So the guy's all, just keep moving. I can't deal with this shit. So yeah. He was like, you know, but he was like 39 years old. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, I mean, I didn't need a car, I bus pass, whatever the fuck it is, I'd, I'd just get around. Whether it was a plane ticket to far off lands, whether it was South Africa, New Zealand, Tasmania, any of the places that I wanted to go, I'd already been to. You just, But you never needed a car? No, I never needed one. I mean, I don't have a car now. I skate to work in the morning. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, people are always like, yeah, skating's great. You're like, yeah, well... Try to tell that to some Uber driver that cuts you off on a four-lane drift. It's it's a little bit different now, but at that time, yeah, you know, we were just, you know, like I said, we'd push everywhere. It wasn't a question of, damn, I want to have a car. Because, you know, people, they tend to live beyond their means. You know, you see rappers and stuff. They got this car. What's in there? It's a fish tank. It's cost $5,000. I don't know what it is, but it's cool. You can't buy culture, and people like that, they tend to show what they have is like this is an extension of their phallus or how they believe (laughs) they want to show the world that they're fucking you. And it's like, okay, that's great. (laughs) So So when the cop lets you go. The the piggy let me go. He was just way, he he was like scratching his head. He's like, I can't believe it. You're the oldest person I ever met that just got a driver's license. This is your first car, and 
you got no license plates and I was like yep so I I did get kind of revved up on it and I drove all the way to Daly City and I slept in the parking lot because the place was going to open about 8 o'clock in the morning I got there about 6.30 I went inside I did the whole thing and this is my registration and everything the guy gave me a license plate right there and the, the license plate number was 4REN676 so I was like oh okay cool uh, I, I put it on and I was driving around and that was my that was a Friday morning so then Friday day in the afternoon I was going to go over to Oakland to skate my friend of mine's ramp and I'm driving across the Bay Bridge and I'm so excited I remember the license plate I had so it was like 4REN676 <laughs> the guy in front of me he's like this uh, you know gangbanger dude his, his license plate is 4REN677 so he's in we're in sequence on the bridge and I'm I'm looking at him and I'm trying to honk at him and I'm like which when you do your fingers like this it means you want drama you want to shoot somebody but he I was no. just what I was okay, telling him so it's two like two fingers two down two fingers I was like look at the plate but he was like looking at me like what what he pulled over we got off the bridge <laughs> he's like what the fuck you want blood what, what's up with you and I was like, look, dude, our license plates are in sequence. Were you at the DMV yesterday? And he's like, no, nigga, I wasn't at the fucking, I wasn't there yesterday. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I had this license plate for fucking six years. And I was like, wow, isn't that crazy? Because, you know, when I, I pay attention to things, whether it's red shoes or, you know, things that on a plate, like these carrots, they're dry. You know, I mean, I... <laughs> I'm pretty you noticeable know, so. things. Yeah, I yeah, see you're, things. you're observant. But I said to the dude, I was like, wow, I can't believe it. He goes, you do that again to me, boy, I'm going to kill you. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize that I offended him so much. <laughs> but the whole sequence of event, that whole 24-hour period of getting the car, being in Portland, getting it, my grandmother taking off the license plate. She's 90 years old. She's on her knees screwing it off <laughs> and telling me this is my car. I got the car. And I drove from Salt Lake, and I, like I said, I fell asleep on the ice plant. The whole death trip was just so relevant that I realized that, you know, maybe I didn't deserve a car, but I had a license. And then, uh, the, you know, after it is, when the guy's pulling over on the Bay Bridge, right by the toll plaza, he gets out of the car, and he's all feisty, and he's just like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? And I was like, no, I was, I was just pointing it out to you. Don't, they, don't you think it's funny? As it turns out, for some people in the the other side of humanity, they were not thinking it was any way, shape, or form. But I, like I said, I just I got back in the car and I was like, I'm never going to do that again. But that was one 24-hour period of my life that I was just I'll never forget it as long as I live. Did uh, did you almost crash when you fell asleep at the wheel? Oh, I did. I was up in the ice plant. I crashed. I mean, it, it was a highway, and I was up in the ice plant. Bah, 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 and that woke me up. But, I mean, I was I fell asleep at the wheel of the car, which is, you know. Did you mess up the car? No. The, oh, car, the car was like a tank. I mean, seriously, 1974 Galaxy 500 V8, ready to rock. I mean, there was nothing wrong with it. What happened to the car? Where is it at now? 
uh, I sold it to Julian's mom for 500 bucks after I'd had a few accidents in it. <laughs> I had an accident up here on the street, and I ran a... Uh, it was yellow when I entered the intersection. This guy came at me, and he T-boned the car. And then I was like, uh, you know, hey, fuck, uh, can we make this go away now? I got 500 bucks in my pocket. He goes, you got 700 bucks? We'll make this go away. So I paid for it right there on the street. Yeah. And uh, he was like, yeah. He called me back two days later. And he's like, I think it's 900 bucks. And I was like, no, nah, he made the deal that day. We didn't even exchange uh, any type of information or whether it was nothing like that. But How did he contact you? I gave him my number. Uh. Know, just by the way, so, you know, if there is anything, if you've ever crick in your neck, you know, I have a lot. I have a lawyer, and we'll see if we can't figure something out. Yeah, yeah. But it was just <clears throat> hokey shit. But that car lasted six, 16 months because I turned, uh, in 2002, I turned 40. Yeah. So having never had a car until you are 39, how did suddenly having one change things for you? Uh, like I said, I, didn't, I, I think of cars as disposal. I'm not much of a person that's like, it's a bathtub, it's, you know, whatever, the, look at the tire work. I'm, I never live beyond my means. This is my office. As you can see, it's more like a clubhouse. I sit in here sometimes and I listen to music and I go over mags and things that I did and I'm like, wow, that really did happen. So it's like, you know, I don't live for, like, people are an extension of their cars. They try to, just like a dog, you have a pug, chances are later on in life you're going to look like a pug. Sinclair? Are we no, talking about Mike Sinclair? No, pug is a dog. <laughs> no, I know. Sinclair is the pug guy. Well, that's what he, Big Pink, he does look kind of like a dog, but that's, <laughs> you know, it's just the way people are. They, they, they tend to, as you get older, you try to accumulate more stuff that makes you the person that you are. But I, like I said, I've been through three cars, and the last car I bought on my 53rd birthday, I bought a Mercedes S-Class, and I crashed it two days later <laughs> because I was having some mid-life crisis, and I was like, you know, 19th and Valencia, I crashed it. And there was, a, there was 30 cops there, but nobody read me my rights. So I walked on that because they were like, because it was a block away from the cop shop. And they all came out, and they were like, what's up? And I was like, I explained it to him. He goes, you're not high? And I was like, I'm not high. And just this lady took a left in front of me, and I hit her. She's she's fine. There, you know, nothing happened, but I lost that car. I think those those left turns are pretty deadly for you. No, the well, left <laughs> turns is like, you know, people, they, you know how it is when. Oh, they try and go at the very last I second. I had to get out of the car after my car was up on the sidewalk. I walked over to her car. She's sitting there with the airbag deployed and the car's not going. I mean, the car's going. I reached in. Oh, my head was leaking because I had a bump on my head from hitting the steering wheel. And I just reached in and just turned off the ignition. And yeah. I was like, hey, the cops are on their way. It's cool. She goes, okay, okay. And I was like, it's okay. Are you okay? And she's like, I'm fine. But it was the same situation. Was her license plate similar to yours by any chance? <laughs> no, was it 4IN676? No. It, it, if it would have been, I would have said I would have bought a lottery ticket that day because yeah. it was that simple. Yeah. Did, uh, were you involved in the crash that was in South Africa? 
Oh, I was in the van, but uh, the bottom line is the the original. <laughs> Can you set that up for us too, for people that may we, not know about we that? We were going on a skate rock trip. I last time I went to South Africa, I got pulled off the plane <laughs> because my passport was too full and they couldn't put a visa in anything <laughs> I had. So they were like, "You're gonna stay. You're not going." I was like, "Fuck that! I'm not going." <laughs> and everybody else went, so then I came back and I got a new passport. I had a passport with 200 more pages put in it, and I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. We went to South Africa. We had Figgy's band, Nuge. We had 30 heads. I mean, it was, we were going. And yeah. We were psyched. We, had, we, we knew the spots, and then there was a, what some, some other contest, it was the Maloof contest, and oh, we yeah. were just heckling people in the fucking, <laughs> it was insane. Jimmy Wilkins and all those dudes are out there trying to get their vert on, and we were like, fuck you guys, you think you're so fucking rad? We got <laughs> escorted, escorted off that, too, but we had our van that somebody rented to us this dude he's like yeah i'll rent you a van we were going up over this hill and there was like spears what? And, ch and chickens like this we're in this little village spears you know people had sp there's it was, spear hunting still over there, there How? yeah it was it was like real talk like these people were fucking natives mm -hmm. natives and shit so we were flying we made the apex of the hill and we started coming back down the side and Manuj was driving and he's like the brakes are out we're all like, yeah, we're we're drinking and playing guitars, you know, we smoking reefer, we had a bong and shit. I mean it was we were doing it. And then uh, the brakes are out and the Preston was sitting in the front seat, God rest his soul. And he's like, Dog, just slow and low, dude, slow and low. Put the put it in lower e brakes. I mean put it in lower gear and see if we can get we started really picking up speed. And then, how, how high do you think this hill was? Like to give context as to like how fast you might be going in a van. We were going to probably not more than forty miles an hour, but it was. That's a lot though, downhill. Up. No, but it was downhill and there was no asphalt. It was it was a road like a dirt road with like gullies on one side. You could see two hundred feet down on this side. I mean, it was like not a good place. To not, not the place. So then Nuge is like, I got this. I'm going to keep downshifting, downshifting. And then we enter the village because I could see the village down below. And I was sitting in the back. We had 15 people in the van with everything, with all the amps, the guitars, and everything. We fucking... <laughs> Nuge is like, what do I do? What do I do? I was like, take the house because there was a cliff on one side. <laughs> and a waterfall and a bunch of rocks on the other side. This lady's out there, a, a pregnant woman smoking a cigarette. Next no. <laughs> How fast would you estimate you're going when you're we making We were going like 40 miles an hour. Like I said, it wouldn't slow down, but the brakes were gone. And we were like, whoa, shit, this is not looking good. So then the lady was sitting and smoking a cigarette, pregnant, sitting out in front of this, like, like a yurt. It was like a... Oh, excuse me. It was like a yurt, and she was, uh, she saw us. Her eyes bugged out of her head. She jumped out of the way just as the the van crashed into the yurt. If there was anybody inside, they would have been dead. If it was a solid rock cinder block wall, we all would have been dead. But we all just pulled it, and the shit just stopped. 
And we got outside and everybody had their little senior moment of like, Jesus Christ, we can't believe it. And then we got outside, we were chasing the chickens around. So I called the person that rented us the van and he comes out and he goes, oh, I knew the, he, he didn't say anything like, oh man, that's too bad or nothing. He was just, just a regular charlatan like all the rest. And he's like, oh, didn't, I, I didn't, I knew those brakes were bad. You knew those brakes were bad and we were going down this. So we were like, they replaced our van and we kept on going down the road. What, what the happened house? to the house? Yeah. <laughs> woman. No, the, we, we actually did, we gave him as much money as we could to it was like a, like i said a year they had yeah. some sort of a, you know like it was probably some sort of christian missionary little so when you said you were heading into the village you don't mean like the downtown village it was like no no village. we were up in the middle of the cuts like i said spears and chickens and people with with shields and shit it was smoking like, cigarettes <laughs> pregnant i was like this is real we stayed wow. up, we stayed up there for two hours and so they came to replace our van and in which the guy was like I knew the brakes wouldn't work. You rented that to us. You wanted us to die. And as it turns out, just last year, some Christian missionaries were on the same trip. Oh, no. And they went off the cliff, and 12 of them died. No way. So we were like, well, here are the bad kids, and we made it. And then the good guys that are out trying to save the world with the Bible, the bestseller that Stephen King didn't write. And sure enough, we just went. Like, well, they didn't make it. We did. So when you guys realized the brakes were out, did yeah, a lot of time plan? pass until no, you crashed Ra- into the house? Raven, like, did you have time to put seatbelts on? Or no, no, like- Raven, Raven filmed it. It, it was... Whoa. I've seen the, the video of it. It was on one of our Thrasher website camps. Yeah. And it was like, people don't, it doesn't look good. Nobody was freaking out because we were all like, just kind of... Confident with news. Yeah, no, we just knew that, you know, if it happens, it happens. It's like when people get on an airplane, yeah. you know, everybody dies, but how many people really live? That's the secret. Yeah, definitely. That, uh, so Don did a good job. Kudos to him. Oh, the news, that's, we called it a D-O-T-Y, driver of the year, not Sodi. Yeah, I would definitely trust Don in in a situation like that. He's He's a simple guy. He's the portrait of Dorian Gray. He's like 40 years old, but he looks like he's 14 years old. Yeah, yeah. He (laughs) He does. He hasn't aged a day. No, he hasn't aged a day, and he's also a solid dude. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. We all bonded together on that trip so that wherever we go, we don't have to worry about, like, he's not going to sell my shoes. He's not going to steal my board. No, there were family (laughs) that we all lived through that. So that, that, you know, you bond as a clique together. And we were the car crash clique because everybody knew that was in the van was like, you know, that's, the rest is just bonus credits after that. So it sounds like since the age of 39, you've had a pretty cutthroat experience with the automobile in oh, general. Oh, yeah, but I mean, I've been hit by cars. I've been run over by cars. I've been... <laughs> I got bit by a horse. No! Ouch! I got... So I, all modes of transportation. I fell right off here. a camel in Egypt. Yeah, I've had... I'm hit by a motorcycle. On a board or on foot? On... I, well, I was on a bicycle and I got oh. hit by a motorcycle. I had $18,000 in my pocket from a... What? The... From the, the, the... They paid me out to say make it go away. So I walked into a car dealership. This was an SNC Ford, 
which is uh, on the corner of Market and Dolores. And I walked up to the dude because I had 18 large in my pocket. What's the most money you ever had in your pocket? That's a pretty good chunk of cheddar. And I walked up. I go, how much for that car? And the guy looked at me and goes, you wish. And I was like, you know what? I took out my wad and I peeled it on him. I said, you know what? You don't want it? Fuck you. How's that? You ain't going to get my car. And that was 1988. (laughs) So I was like, you know, I guess I didn't have a car for another Fourteen years. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. You saved yourself probably some other horrible well, I mean, instances. W- when the idea of car people dealerships now with there's four, there's five year mortgages, things yeah. are changing, and you know the old ways of the past, they're all you know that's all antiquated shit. So people find themselves like you, know, you can buy a car, you can lease it. All the rappers, all they all lease their shit. Yeah. <laughs> they don't give a fuck about, you know, this is my car. Because when you buy a car, you watch it rot. The minute you leave yeah. the, the, you know, the showroom, so much for that six grand. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's hokey. That's America. We want money. I have, I have a Prius. It's a very practical little car zipping around Southern right? California. <laughs> but that's the same thing. It's like Brad Pitt rides the CS. Prius too. It's like, does he care? He's worth a hundred million dollars. He's just, you know, your carbon footprint. Nobody cares. A Prius? I'm saving the world. No, you're not. No, mine's just I don't want no, I, to I pay know a lot of gas. You, no, you understand. Well, that's you because you're of the people. You're not one of these like we don't elevate you to this like. <laughs> Whoa, you know, I've got a Denali. You know, they just changed, <laughs> they just changed Mount McKinley back to Denali because that means the biggest. <clears throat> but then when the Cadillac was like, it's Mount McKinley. You know, Mount McKinley because because <clears throat> McKinley got assassinated, they decided to name a mountain after him in Alaska, which was stupid because. Denali is what the Indians call indigenous Indians, is yeah. for lack of a better term. Indians, they went the wrong way in the spice route, so they will. They're Indians, right? No, they're not. <laughs> they are indigenous people to this country. Native Americans. True enough. Big fan of the Native Americans of over here. Of course you have to be, because, yep. you know, like, if you see the bumper stickers, he says, uh, Columbus didn't discover America, he invaded it. Yeah. Whether it's here, they back in the old days. I mean, think about this: Oaxaca, Mexico. They invented chocolate. They came over here with the Bible. They beat them back. No more human sacrifice. We'll take the chocolate back. They took it back to Switzerland and they perfected it. Yeah. Chocolate. Oh no way! We invented. Okay, great. That's fucking great. Well, the Caesar salad was invented in Tijuana. But what's the what si- what, somehow what, the Italians got what, their hands okay, on that but, one? Okay, but but what what is the main ingredient? For, anchovies of course without that it's not a caesar salad but they might tell you at the airport what's well, a caesar salad that's 12 bucks you're like this ain't a fucking caesar salad what the fuck are you talking about you work at the airport <laughs> it's a lemon vinaigrette with parmesan a and vinaigrette croutons. with a crouton with <laughs> yeah I, I did i did uh you know restaurant work and shit before i got the job you know skateboarding my mother told me she goes be happy what you like to do and you'll always be happy going to work, which is the simplest, most realistic way to look at things. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great advice for everyone out there. Yeah. And True. So, Jake, I do think that there will be, like, this podcast goes pretty wide sure. to, like, a lot of different groups. There's probably some people that would probably appreciate a little context around who you are and what your position is. 
I started to spend a few minutes kind of okay, going I've been through skateboarding give us since 19th so it was April 13th 1976 is the day I started skateboarding skateboarding was like a you know big in the 70s and then everybody stopped by 1980 81 82 when they started the mag there was nothing so I mean independent trucks Fausto and those guys that were in San Francisco they started Indy because they made a truck that didn't hang up all the other shit sucked before that tricks that turn trucks that turn independent was on the, the cusp and then with the advent of the 80s and then animal chin started 1986 85 everybody had squeeb hairdos and tony hawk we, we remember when i was a kid we heard their names there was like there's nobody named lance mountain <laughs> steve caballero the gentleman what the fuck is that tony hawk what no no <laughs> we were we thought they were fake names and it was hollywood at that time i mean these guys are great but they were kind of bland <clears throat> Tony Hawk is a great skateboarder, and they did, you know, Steve Caballero, you know, he's into whatever's cool. He's just one of those people, but it's the same thing is that, you know, skateboarding comes and goes. It, it died in 1991. It was the crickets. We were doing 80-page mags, black and white. There was nobody. And then about 1995, they started the X Games, and then everybody could realize that, you know, the guy, he works at the butcher shop, and guess what? The guy jumped off a ladder. Anybody could understand that. It wasn't like yeah. he hard flipped it. Nobody would know what that <laughs> means. So the, it's become much more proliferant through, you know, the people in general that are, you know, they see it and they're like, wow, that's great. And skateboarding being a solitary sport, not like America is based on the team ideology of like, you know, God and country. Transworld started because we did Skate and Destroy. They were like... What they thought of Skate and Destroy was, you know, fucking... Skate and Destroy for them meant, like, just destroy everything. But Skate and Destroy for us meant, you know, evaporate all the preconceived notions of what you think is skateboarding. Whether it's, I'm going to grind that, I'm going to, you know, do this, I'm going to bomb this hill. It's a whole different thing. But Transworld started their mom, apple pie, and Chevrolet deal where they thought it was, like... Be good, be good, be good. Yeah. You know, skateboarding is good. It's you against yourself, and people don't understand that. So, in that regard, there was two. It was Tracker versus Indy, and we were right in the middle. The mag was we don't we don't. It's like Mad Magazine. There's no ads. We make the magazine for the kids. We don't make it for the parents. It's not something that's like we teach. When I talk to kids at the skate park. And I give them a wheels and something. They're like, so you know who I am? And I was like, yeah, you're pretty good. You should probably stick with it. Because I, I know talent and I know where people are good. But if people are just passing through it, more power to you. Have yeah. a great life. So yeah. when did you start at Thrasher Magazine and what was your position at the time? I started working downtown, downstairs <clears throat> in the shipping department. We would make painter's caps and fucking do t you know t-shirts packing boxes and we'd ship this it out it was all right down here deluxe started here there was a you know other magazines we did a, a motorcycle magazine we did a golf magazine those are oh, wow. no longer here we did slap which was supposed to be the urban they were young fresh and positive 
And then I was like, fuck, we'll just make a shirt that says old, stale, negative, because that's yeah. what it was. I mean, we've been doing it for so long, it's nobody's going to tell us, like, we wear shorts. Whoa, no way. <laughs> I mean, it was just a whole different, you know, there was two different uh, tents of what people thought were what was cool and what wasn't. I like the y- young, positive, what was it? Young, fresh, positive. Young, fresh, and positive, and old, stale, and negative. That that's was, great. That that's was, those were the two things. Really rounds made, things out. They made their shirt, like, thinking they were like, oh, you guys are old. Even, like, Big Brother and all those other guys, Rocco, they made fun of us. But realized, I talked to Fausto in 2001. He goes, the, the websites were offering me 200 grand to work for them for hard cloud where we, you know, it's the, but that was the first wave. Yeah. And then I was like, 200 grand is a lot of money because you work for the mag, dummy. What the fuck? Fausto told me, he goes, I, I invented Thrasher, Jake. You defined it. So then in that regard, whether it was, you know, drinking beers late at night or whatever, bombing hills in the rain, that was what Thrasher is to me. And it's in my blood. I couldn't walk away from it like, well, well I'm done. You know, yeah. I've had fucking more surgeries than most kids spend in hospitals because i paid but i don't mind i can still walk and i still have a cognitive memory of what it was and what it ain't yeah and that's why skateboarding is so priceless to me yeah it's you've sacred done, you've done a great job we all we love thrasher no no it, it, you have to love it because it's a, it's a thing that i mean especially now that you look around you and you see everybody wants to be trademarked this and trademarked that you know, it's just, no, Thrasher's just, that's just the way it is. I do find it hilarious also when you, when you call out celebrities wearing the brand too. I've always, I've always found no, that to be it, hysterical. It, it, the reason that was taken out of context. So the <laughs> bottom line is, I mean, anybody can wear the Thrasher gear. I don't care. But as far as it's like, we usually send boxes to, if somebody calls me on the phone, if Danny Wade called me on the phone, he said, hey, Phelps, I need couple sweatshirts and a t-shirt and i'd be like i have to send it what i meant when i said we don't send shit to those clowns <laughs> i meant the fact that they don't call us up they have their minions yeah they go out there and here's this new thing you're gonna love it. it it keeps you young and pertinent and relevant so that people would understand that you know you're down you're so whatever you're down if Fuck. if brad pitt somehow found your number we and called brad you from pitt. his prius and said hey mr phelps uh big fan of the magazine no, actually would I you did, mind sending me a his, sweatshirt i heard he's got a skate park in his backyard i right? heard his kids skate yeah so i'm sure he's got he, a full he concrete kn- oh, yeah. he knows that you know skateboarding thrasher ain't going nowhere it's not for sale it's not you can't sell something that you don't own i mean thrasher is like it's like slayer it's like that's what it is yeah but i mean yeah brad pitt called me up I'm like come on dude what do you want <laughs> Thelma and louise you got to bone that girl that's sick <laughs> Uh, I heard Slayer's breaking up. They're actually doing their retirement tour. Jeff Hanneman died in 2013, yeah, yeah. and he wrote a bunch of the greatest songs, Angel of Death, and should, you know. So, so, I mean, you can only do it so much. I saw him first time I saw Slayer. They were actually a band called Dragon Slayer, and they had makeup on, and they were like, you know, it was like. So then it became Slayer, and you know. That's just the way it is. I've been around. I used to go to show. I mean, I went from Arena Rock of the 70s with Kansas, Kiss, Boston, yeah. ELO, the shit that sucked. 
went, you know, lighters and shit. And then I went straight into hardcore music. Punk music is something that's from England. We don't have no jobs. We got no teeth. We got nothing. <laughs> Punk music is that. Hardcore music is suburban, suburban alienation. It's not something that... You know, it's whether it's snowboard core and fucking the offspring or some shitty <laughs> stuff like that or no effects, they suck. But yeah. as far as like I saw the Bad Brains, Black Flag, Minor Threat, those bands, they spoke the language of the kids that were disenfranchised and that was why it became such a phenomenon. Yeah. I see you have the Motorhead CD over no, there too. Motorhead was, the, you know, it's just the heavy, it's, it's the new religion, the electric church. Yeah. That's what he says. Yeah. And Lemmy, when Lemmy died, I remember when I met him, he gave me a, the left hand, and I was like, fuck, it hurts. When somebody gives left you the... Left hand? When he gives you the left noodle. I'm so sorry. Like, no, it happened. So I was like, eh. But I introduced him at 2002 at Ocean OB and down in San Diego. They played a show, and we got to hang out with him and shit. And I've interviewed him. He's, he was a regular guy. But like I said, he didn't live beyond his means. He was like, fuck it, that's what it is. They don't worry about fucking, you know, the more chicks they have or whatever the fuck they're doing. It's not It's not a contest. Yeah. It's like if you make music, when that's what we started our band, was like we tried, our second show was in Beijing, China. They didn't do anything like to say, this is the songs, we want to hear the lyrics. No, we went there. We, it was ridiculous. Bad shit? Yeah. We played around the world. We've been Bangkok, Australia, <laughs> Japan, everywhere. It's like people are like, <laughs> because people all they all want that credibility so much, but the idea of having no expectations makes it a lot easier to just do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, I like that. It's way better, and I love seeing Trixie drum. She's she's so sick. No, she's the rock. She's great. And then that's the best part about it, you know. Now that they're embroiled in this instagram beef it's just like come on dude it, it's like i mean i get it a lot i don't have an instagram i don't have a facebook i don't do any of that shit because if i did if i listened to everybody telling me how much i suck i'd be like <laughs> well you know my mother sent me a picture of me drunk she goes you don't look so good you should straighten up and i was like kit you seen that shit and she's like yeah so then I quit drinking and shit. I was just like, all right. Now it's, you know, as it turns out, I'm a public persona. Yeah. And people know who I am. And if I'm just a wasteoid, they're just like, fuck that clown. Yeah. So I got to, you know, it, it, it's a, you have to, you know, step it up. Step it up sometimes. You do. Yeah. Um, there was something else I was going to ask you. Um, what a, so you just got back from Ecuador? Yeah, we had, well, I went there in 97 in 96 because i saw a picture that someone sent me in 1994 and i said i gotta go there in ecuador if anybody been to south america you realize it's third world for a reason all the fda drugs that don't make it here they have them there all that shit is just like south america is no joke yeah yeah cinder block city that's all it is People don't care. We were there one day, and the kid, he was he had a backpack. He was just a white kid, and these kids swarmed him. They took out his spleen. No. 
No, it's like you gotta watch your shit. That's what people don't get. They're like, oh, it's fun. Look at we're here. It's like fuck no. No. They want your shit. You you if you have a watch, in South America anywhere, that means they're gonna rob you. It's like oh yeah, that's right. It's Harry Winston. You're like guess what? It's mine. Yeah. It's mine now. Yeah. So I mean, as skateboarders, you realize that you have to pay attention to things like oh, that oil's kind of gnarly. We probably went. That king sucks. You know, that th- th- you pay attention to things. In the microcosm of life, skateboarding teaches you a lot to be prepared for for the rest of your life. Because you're hitting the streets constantly. Well, you a, a lot of living. All, it's, all that, it's all out there. If you want a real fucking, you know, see what it really is and what it ain't, just walk down Market Street at 4 o'clock in the morning. I've seen people fighting over shopping carts with fucking knives. Yeah. That's life. It's yeah. not like, hey, we're rich. This is our house. How could you live in some huge man- mansion when you have to pay someone to dust your shit or fucking... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hokey because you have to live with yourself. That's the secret in life. You Who sleep? You can sleep. You can fuck around, do whatever you want, but you have to sleep with yourself. And then that's like, oh, it's hard. Yeah. And it don't get any easier, especially with, you know, success. I'm I'm successful, but I don't... I don't live in some huge mountain. I live in an apartment. That's it. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't think everyone bases their lives around belongings and stuff. Not you know. It's it's nice not to. You no, know? it's no. It's you can't take it with you. You come in the world screaming. You're probably gonna leave screaming. That's the way it is. The people <laughs> yeah. don't get that because they're they. It's a collector. It, you, no, you want something so much more. But in reality, you can't. You know, it's it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, so I think a lot of people probably saw this happen, but you hit your head pretty hard recently. Bombing I've, a hill. Actually, I fractured my skull three times last year. And oh, especially my God. people were looking at me and they coming up to me and it, w- it went viral around the world. So I was in Italy and people were like, oh, are you OK? It's like, I'm fine. You know what? Buy me a bit. Buy me a drink. What do you want? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to be like. Yes, brother. Thank you. I mean, I, <laughs> shit happens. People fall yeah. down. You go boom. You get back up. Evil can evil said it. A man can fall many times. He's a failure when he refuses to get back up. That's it. You got to get back up in the fucking race. That's right. You got teeth and hair. You know, I, I'm 55. I got teeth and hair. I still skate. I got no complaints. Yep. Yeah, you're doing it. Uh, well, I'm glad that you uh, are all right with the three fractures. Oh, no, especially when people are like, they expect you to be all drooling. Are, are you okay? <laughs> I'm fucking fine. What do you want? I follow. You follow me? Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was sick, though. You bombing the hill with those, those dudes. No, I was cooking. Yeah, you were. I, I saw the like, footage. I was like, whoa, he's, that's Oh, moving. yeah. Whatever happened with the cop that jumped in front of the kid? Kid he was, had he freaking he, ragdolled he he, he hip checked him and he hit the front of the car he was in the same ambulance as me when i woke up in the hospital i was handcuffed to the gurney and the <laughs> pigs were asking me this is your event huh and i was like i've been doing this hill since 1985 just because you can't chase the kids on motorcycles up on the sidewalk because if you ran somebody over then you're liable skateboarding is just natural it's like there's a hill there's a you know, but you guys got to play bu- bust my balls on that. Take the handcuffs off and then maybe talk to the dude next door because you're the one that broke his pelvis. Yeah. Maybe he's got habas, 
some lawyer dude that's going to sue you for everything you have. Hopefully. Yeah. Because that was crazy. No, it was just a whole sequence of events. And I'm sure that it, they'll probably have it again this year. And I'll be back again. Like, Are you okay? And it's, <laughs> I hear it all the time. It's like, I'm fine. So, so what's, what's, what's coming up for you? What, what can well, you I just like to, to stay on the road. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm probably going to go back. I'm going to go to Mexico. And then we're going to have Preston's Memorial Contest. And When's then, that? That's, uh, it's in March 11th, I think, is the date here. It's going to be in Oakland. Cool. And then uh, back this summer, we're going to do Thrash and Burn in Europe again. Like I said, I I travel so much more, but I, when I was drugged up and shit and getting high, I was like, I'd have to wake up in Shanghai and be like, I'm going to make Houston? This is going to suck. Yeah. So that you have to, you know, like I said, with the clarity I have now, people are like, wow, you're really good. And it's like, no, I just dummied down for a long period of time because I didn't want to anybody, you know, nobody likes when some, you know, smarty pants dude but I'll tell you straight, you know, it's like, this is what it is. And I know the people, like I said, I, I skate with Grant, Raven. These guys are the best. They were drawn to us. We made the mag in, you know, the early 90s when they were born. And they grew up on it from yeah. me giving them the messages. They were like, let's go to Keto. And I was like, you want to go there? And I was like, Jake, I want to go with you. So it was like, we went there. And we fucking burn that place to the fucking ground. That's what it takes. The, as the level of skateboarding has progressed, the concrete parks that were built in 1980 are still there. They just need the right people to go there and fucking rip them into the ground. Yeah. So you had Raven and Grant and Evan Smith? Evan Smith, the micro-dosing. That's our guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And For Ronnie sure. Sandoval and Peter Hewitt. I mean, we had the that's original. A, that's I mean, good crew. It, it was the crew was insane. So the like I said, the the best part about running with the skate rock trips, we go on skate rock trips, and we're gonna do another one this year. The people just go completely ballistic for it. They don't. They're you know, it's the skating and music, which are two of the most fabrics of your life, and then to you know show it to people for what we do they're like fuck you just you know people they 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 want it they want hey but this reality is you know that we're just people like you we're we're just we just happen to skate and that we also like to do just random shit and rock and do that too Cool. Well, thank you for um, having us, Jake. It's awesome to get to catch up with you and people get to hear I your I think stories. I nailed it. I think you nailed it, too. I think you all nailed right. it. Well, yeah. Okay, well, that's all that matters, kids. <laughs> <clears throat> thank you, Jake. That's it for this episode of The Stance Podcast. And thank you, of course, to Jake Phelps and Thrasher Magazine for hosting us for this particular recording. And thank you to all of you out there for listening to this special episode of the podcast Jake will always be remembered as a great man who did so much, not only for his friends and family, but the whole of skateboarding, which he left a lasting and great mark on in his time of being with us. And if you would like to keep up with Thrasher Magazine, you can follow them on Instagram at Thrasher Mag. And we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. And thank you as always for your support. <laughs>